My name is Althea, and this is the Clean Your Room podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 3, and I'm recording this on Sunday, January 10th, 2021 in Los Angeles, California. Hello there. Thanks once again for listening to the Clean Your Room podcast. I'm your host, Althea. I'm just a regular person with a lot of stuff trying to keep things clean and organized. Today, my friend Laura Starr is on the show to talk about some major cleanups from her life. But before we get into that, if you are listening to this on Thursday, January 14th, 2021, this is the last day to enter the book giveaway for any book of your choosing worth up to $25 US. The giveaway is open worldwide and there's no purchase necessary. You just have to go to cleanyourroompodcast.com, view the show notes for any of the first three episodes of season one, and there will be a raffle copter widget at the end of the episode that has uh, more information on how to enter. So good luck. I will shout out the winner next episode, but you can also check my social media, Clean Your Room Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to see who won before that episode comes out. In addition, I wanted to start reading you some of the reviews that we got on iTunes. It really means a lot to me when anyone takes the time to subscribe or rate us. Um, But when you write even just a couple of sentences, this really helps other people find the show among thousands of other podcasts available. So thanks to Sally Bunny, who wrote, quote, great advice for a non-minimalist who just wants to clean their room, end quote. That is exactly the audience I was going for. Um, I am a regular messy person, not a minimalist. Uh, I subscribe and have listened to or read lots of minimalist-leaning media outlets. And as much as I admire and support them, minimalism isn't really for me at this stage of my life. Maybe someday when the pandemic is over and we can travel again, I might reevaluate that uh, attitude. Um, but Sella Bunny, I hope you you've been able to get your room clean. And hey, if you are inspired to clean your room and want to share your progress with the Clean Your Room podcast community, you can tag your photos with the hashtag uh, Clean Your Room Podcast Challenge. So they'll show up in our feed on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we have a group over there. Uh, we'd love to see a before and after. And I hope that looking at my feed helps you get over any trepidation you might have over sharing less than perfect photos of your space. I don't stage my pictures. I just try to make sure my home address or any official documents like debit cards or IDs are well away when I'm taking those photos because trust me, you do not want that information floating around on the internet. Um, so, uh, but otherwise I don't really do that much to make my photos look good. Maybe a little lighting. That's about it. Again, that's hashtag clean your room podcast challenge. And you can tag me at clean your room podcast on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, although not doing a whole lot on there other than cat brushing ASMR videos and plant checks right now. I'm going to have to uh, work on that channel. Uh, One last thing before I put Lara on, this was my first interview in a long time. And the first time I tried editing on the Anchor app, and I made a few rookie mistakes. I won't get into what all they are exactly, but if you're listening and a word gets cut out, you know what, I'm not going to tell you. Sorry about that. I do know better now what to avoid for future episodes. I hope that you will enjoy listening to the episode despite a couple of hiccups in the production process because we did have a really good time talking to each other. Alrighty, 
I've solved more than enough. Here's my first guest interview with Laura Starr on the Clean Your Room podcast. My name is Laura Starr, and I live in Marin County, California. I work in book publishing as a publicist, um, primarily for children's books, but other, uh, other kind of lifestyle and entertainment books as well. I am a radio producer at KGO Radio here in San Francisco. I produce the Consumer Talk with Michael Finney show, which has been on the air for 20 years. I've been producing <laughs> it for, for 10. Um, and I also have written men, about 10 fun kids novelty um, cookbooks, uh, including four Star Wars cookbooks like Ice Sabers and Hand Sandwiches and BB-8 and and, and it's a lot of fun. And I, I, I used to be a, a Borders bookseller for a long time. So uh, not the more recent Star Wars ones, but <laughs> the other <laughs> ones, I'm sure I've sold a lot of those yeah, in, my, so in my career. The, the original Star Wars cookbook came out, gosh, also probably about 20 years ago. Um, it did really, really well. And then I did sort of a follow-up to it that had half recipes from the original Star Wars cookbook and then half that used special Star Wars shaped cookie cutters that were included uh, with mm -hmm. the package. So I developed the recipes that were exclusive for the um, cookie cutters and it was so much fun. Ah, <laughs> you such, had such a cool career, have such a cool career. Um, but uh, you came on the show to tell us about a cleaning project that you had. What was your cleaning challenge? Oh, my goodness. So it was sort of multi-stepped. So um, my husband passed away uh, five years ago in 2016. And so the first major cleaning project was to go through all of his stuff and decide what to keep, what to donate, what to trash, what to give away. And then the second phase was when my son was leaving for college in 2017. Uh, my house, I'm very lucky. Well, it's double-edged, isn't it? I've got both a garage and an attic that are pretty big and, you know, only used for storage. So I, we've spent years just saying, oh, just put it in the attic. Just put it in the garage. And when he <laughs> was leaving for school, I thought, I... I can't let him leave and maybe never move back and not go through all this stuff because I can't do it on my own. So, um, so that was, uh, that was phase two. And then the third phase is that since he was gone and I thought, all right, I've already done phase one and phase two. And then I watched the first episode of the Marie Kondo show and got yeah. inspired like a lot of people. <laughs> and I, and I was still like getting rid of stuff and still organizing. I'm like, how is there still so much stuff after I've already done these two big, huge moot closeouts and, you know, mm -hmm. cleanouts, but, but there was, and, um, and so now, and that was maybe last year the year before and mm -hmm. then now um recently i joined <coughs> excuse me uh, a facebook group um buy nothing and they have them in in most communities and you know it's sort of like free cycle or several others where you post stuff to give away or post stuff that you want and i'm still finding stuff that i can give away on buy nothing <laughs> like, 
I, you know, just, just when you think you're done, there's, there's more, there's more to, there's more to get rid of. It's never ending. It, it is feels never like ending. <laughs> totally. And I try not to acquire too much, but it, uh, that it still happens. But, um, so those are sort of the, the phases of sort of organizing I've done. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's always like the deep cleaning projects, like just last week, I literally spent an hour and a half cleaning my grody shower grout in my bathroom. <laughs> because, oh, I need which to is, do that also. You know, and I'm sure like you and everybody listening is like, how gross was it? And how why are you admitting that it was gross enough to take an hour and a half to clean? <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm here to be honest. It was just that gross. And it took a while and you had to spray it and then scrub it and then rinse it and then do it again and go at it with a brush. And and it's still not what a normal, you know, you wouldn't walk in and think it was brand new or super clean but it's so much cleaner than it was and it's as clean as it's going to (laughs) get oh I know you know this is part of why I started doing this podcast kind of to have a show that covers cleaning and organization Mm -hmm. um, the way I see it which is not you know it's nice to watch Marie Kondo and the home edit and things like that where everything looks perfect when they're done as if as if everything's been reset to when someone moved in or but uh, I feel like realistically, a lot of us, whether we're renting or you own or, you know, have a condo or whatever, you can you can really only unless you tear something out and renovate it, which is not what my show is about. Right. Um, <laughs> there's only so much that you can do, um, but you can get things, you know, improved and you can get things to a point where you're like, oh, it's clean enough. Like, yep. it's not disgusting. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just feel like also like, especially, you know, now that I've done two big rounds in the condo, it just feels like the mystery is gone. Like, I don't wonder what's in my closet. I don't wonder what's in the, like, I know what everything is. And that's just, then that is a huge, huge weight off my shoulders to just have it be gone. So, so yeah. So the first phase, you know, going through, you know, my husband's things was just, you know, it was, you know, there's, and there's so much wrapped up in that, you know, it's this personal stuff. And it was the first time in my life where I felt responsible for the physical evidence of a person's time on this earth. Right. (laughs) And, and I, it's super heavy. And, you know, my son was 16 and, you know, not, particularly sentimental. So I also had to sort of project for things that he might not feel attached to now, but might years from now. And mm-hmm. um, so the, so there were, and it was funny, and this was like before I really knew anything about Marie Kondo and Kamari or, and, but you really did feel like, okay, when I was going through his clothes, you know, most of it, I wanted to donate, you know, I wanted people to, you know, to be able to use his things, especially sort of larger men's clothes. And I know that, you know, shelters and things really need that kind of stuff. But there were a few like random things like a, a shirts or whatever that, um, that I'm like, I, I can't get rid of this, this, 
this is part of who he was and and you just feel it like you know like it, I, it it's not the spark of joy necessarily that mm-hmm. that she talks about but it's the spark of you know this is worth keeping and and there were times when i when i felt that and that's the stuff i kept i also um you know we did do one yard sale um and it was mostly you know, and of course, you know, I'm happy to have any money that, but it really wasn't about the money. It was just about, it seemed the most efficient way to get this stuff out of my house. Like, uh-huh. I didn't have to bring it because I had some big things too, like an exercise bike and tool. I mean, there was a lot. And so it just seemed like hauling it out to the front porch and the driveway was a lot easier than trying to take 25 trips to the goodwill or have people come by and look at it one by one and um and the yard sale was you know it was fun and you know we did make some money and I definitely got people to help and I just did it with a very like you know I made piles this is the one dollar pile this is the five (laughs) dollar pile this is the ten dollar pile so I didn't want to negotiate I didn't want to tag everything and that that was a really good system and I really just wanted it gone. Like I was not wheeling and dealing. I just wanted it gone. And, um, and, you know, I had friends come and help and, and, and that was a, uh, and that was definitely a worthwhile thing, um, worthwhile thing to do. And, but I still had a bunch of stuff left over. And then thank God, totally coincidentally, the cheerleaders at the high school down the street, put a, something up on Craigslist or next door or something saying, we're having a rummage sale. Well, we need your stuff. And I'm like, come and get it. So they <laughs> took everything that didn't, um, that didn't go in the yard sale. And then there were some things that like, you know, that I really wanted to place into appreciative hands. Like I just, right. I didn't want them going to Goodwill, which feels like kind of a black hole. I didn't want them to go in someone random. Like, and those, I put a lot of stuff up on Facebook while I was organizing the garage in the attic that, um, that I thought my friends and John's friends would want. And a lot of that stuff did go quickly. And, you know, everything from a random, you know, Welcome back, Cotter. Set of color forms to uh, records that, that uh, right and and uh, records that he kept. Uh, you know, like uh, albums and things like that. And then there was the stuff like you know his high school journals and mm. college papers and things like that that felt at once incredibly personal and but also pretty useless and the chances of anybody, you know, reading them or, and so I decided to let that stuff go and that I did end up throwing away. And, um, and I, and I hope I don't regret it. I don't think I will. Um, I don't think it's the kind of thing that my son will really have wanted. And, and I hope I'm right about that because there was some stuff that sort of wasn't that sort of fell into that odd category of extremely sentimental and extremely useless. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't just want to box it up for another 40 years and then have to have Max make that decision. So, so that's what I did for, for a lot of that stuff. We'll be right back after a word. 
word from our sponsor. As part of this process too, like a lot of people, I had like, like we literally had this junk pile in the backyard mm-hmm. that was like broken <laughs> office chairs or there was like a weird like canopy that we used to have over the patio table that, you know, fell apart. And so I had like 17, 17 foot PVC pipes that, are whatever <laughs> that used to hold this canopy up and just like junk that was hard to throw away. And or like these bikes that were just rusted and and I actually got some grief because I um, got rid of the bikes and it's like somebody could have used those oh. and I'm like you know what maybe but I just needed them out of my life they were rusty they were yucky I can't fit them in my car to like bring somewhere I don't even know where to bring them like I just I was like you know what I reduce reuse recycle a lot yeah but but you know what I just I can't these just need to be out of my life. They're weighing me down. And so I had friends with trucks come and help me haul this kind of just junkety junk junk. Cause I looked into a dumpster and it's super expensive. It and, um, but the, the, and so, um, but going to the dump was great. Oh my gosh. It was so <laughs> much fun. I would do this any day of the week. So you fill up the back of your truck with whatever, you know, all this stuff. And then you bring it to the dump and the guys in the like uh, booth there as you drive in and he just kind of looks at it, takes an assessment and goes, all right, 50 bucks. I'm like, sold. <laughs> so then, and then you drive in and you kind of back up and there's literally just this giant pit and you just chuck stuff into the pit. <laughs> it's so much fun. It is so cathartic. It just, you know, just tossing it all in there. And there was a guy next to me. And I guess this is a lot of the people there are people who are doing remodeling and whatever. And so they have a lot of that kind of stuff, like the, you know, the plaster or whatever from the remodeling right, project. Right. And he had literally this like chandelier that he chucked into the pit and it crashed and it was oh my god it was so satisfying to watch <laughs> uh and it took two dump runs to get rid of oh, uh, wow. all that kind of stuff um and i was so you know so glad to be rid of it we had and i just i got rid of stuff that was just like this is not my life anymore mm-hmm. and that was a huge part of it like arts and crafts supplies from when my son was little and wasn't even in that, in that wasn't even into arts and crafts at all ever it's just and, like you had uh, to make this mission out of or this volcano out of whatever and then you have leftover supplies that sit in a box for 15 years exactly and there was all of that and just like I'm also a big yard sailor and so you know I just had all kinds of stuff that I had collected from yard sales or whatever and my friend Claire who was the children's book specialist at Book Passage at the time took almost all of that stuff the glue the scissors the markers the stickers you know all that sort of the colored paper that she could use for her kids for you know story time and craft time and oh I was so glad to to have that go and and you know like I had a bolt of brown felt that I couldn't even tell you where I got it that I've had for years that I just had to say you are never going to make anything you are (laughs) never going to make anything with this brown felt and if you ever want to make something with brown felt you're just going to have to buy some more brown felt (laughs) just let it 
go. And and that felt really good. And that was part of the guiding principle for, for a lot of the stuff was just like, is this stuff for the life I'm living right now and the life I'm likely to lead when my son goes to school? And, you know, he's not you know, eight anymore. We don't do arts and crafts. We don't need class projects, you know, all the kind of that kind of stuff that I kept around for for being a mom of a young kid and and he's just not anymore. So so that felt really good too, both emotionally to just accept like your life going forward is not going to have a lot of arts and crafts and to put it in the hands of people who could really use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I have a friend who's the director of a preschool, my son's old preschool, uh-huh. and she is a great dumping ground for this kind of stuff because <laughs> they can always make something out of something or at the at the preschool. So yeah, I'm really grateful that I do have a network of folks who can take this kind of stuff. Exactly, and you'd be surprised at like, or I've been surprised, especially in the buy nothing group, at mm-hmm. the things that people want, <laughs> want, and and can use like. Um, the uh um somebody like randomly was giving away a box of like most a mostly full box like i think she said she only used one of uh um sos soap pads like so (laughs) random but i was like i actually use those all the time and i'm going to be in town tomorrow sure i'll I'll take those (laughs) yeah so there was um meant to be a demonstration in Washington put on by a a Japanese American peace Mm -hmm. group about, um, uh, about closing the camps at the border. And so they wanted to create uh, 124,000 origami paper cranes that they were going to display at this demonstration. And that represented the number of uh, people interned. And so there are a bunch of groups making origami paper cranes and then that didn't happen obviously because COVID happened so the so I had like several dozen paper cranes and a couple of packages of origami paper that I'm like all right time to get rid of that and I put it up on um uh on the buy nothing Mm -hmm. and there's a lady who uses these with her um uh, physical therapy clients and mm. they put them up and she was so happy to have not only the paper but the already done paper cranes because they put them up in the room and it was like you know there's a home for everything one man's trash <laughs> <laughs> it's so true and yeah. how do you has your son said anything about um like has has there been any item that eventually he came about and was like where'd this go or it just hasn't uh, happened at all no, that hasn't come up at all. And, um, and I put some things aside that, you know, like watches and a couple ties and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and a few other things that are, you know, there for him. But, and then really, I do have one sort of foot trunk that I call the John Abelia, where I keep that kind of thing. <laughs> but the stuff, the stuff I got rid of is stuff that I don't think Max even knew about about you know again like high school journals and you know college you know papers and things like that so it's nothing he's uh nothing he's going to miss and no he's never asked for anything that I've gotten rid of either his dad's stuff or any of the other stuff around the house I've gotten rid of (laughs) well that's that sounds like a a really good that seems like the evidence that um the process that you went through of 
being thoughtful about keeping and not keeping certain things um, that you made really good decisions during that process. And I, I think the other part of it too, is that having to go through the Kunmari process over and over mm -hmm. again, if I, I just think there's certain people that are not quite cut out to be minimalist. I know I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, even after having gotten rid of so much stuff, my house is still full. Like it is not right. <laughs> minimalist. Like it is, you know, I still have plenty of stuff and, but, but it was funny when I did the Kamari thing, I started in my uh, started doing, I did the dresser drawer thing and that's been amazing. I, you know, yeah. I totally keep my dresser drawers uh, with that you know, vertical method and it's great. And then I did my kitchen. And what's amazing to me about all these projects is, and this is true just in life, it's like, it's not once you, it seems so daunting. And once you do it, it, it's so, it goes so much faster than you think it's going to go. It's so much more satisfying than yeah. you think it's going to be. And it just sort of builds on itself. Like you just look around the house, like what else can I get rid of? What else can I organize? Like you catch the fever and at least that's how it was for me. And so I remember I bought some little dividers just at the dollar store and was like all set to do. I have three drawers of random utensils in my kitchen. And I'm like, this is going to take forever. And it took 45 minutes. Like it was not <laughs> that big a deal. It, I love how organized my drawers are. I got rid of like so much bakeware. I had nine loaf pans oh, Who wow. in the world. Like, how did I collect nine loaf pans? Nobody needs nine loaf pans. I got rid of, you know, really got down to stuff that I use. I went and again, I went in the like spice cabinet and, and for better, or for worse, I knew Every, I knew what was at least five years old because mm -hmm. that's when my husband passed away. So I know if I didn't buy it, that meant he bought it. <laughs> and it's been there a long time. And I was, I got rid of a whole Safeway grocery bag of herbs and spices that either were old or funky or, you know, how I ended up with like two giant bags of oregano plus a, like, I had so much oregano and so much cumin. It was ridiculous. Like I wouldn't use any of this in my lifetime and got rid of it all. And it's just amazing how much like physically lighter it feels to get rid of all this stuff. Like it feels like you've lost 20 pounds. And I think the, the drain on your brain also of trying to find something that you think you have is so much yeah. less once you've gone through the process. Like my husband, uh, I didn't feel like cooking the other day because I had a migraine when I woke up, but I knew I had to eat something for lunch. So I was like, hey, can you just open a can of corned beef and cook it? And he was like, where is it? And I'm like, it's this cabinet and on the left side and it's like one row back. And he yeah. found it. He can never find anything in the kitchen <laughs> if, it, if it's pantry or refrigerator related. Like it could be right in front of him. <laughs> he just won't see it. Um, but I could tell him exactly where it is. And that's, you know, up, up part of the, uh, having gone through the process so much, I know where things are now and, yes. and I know how many I have, so I'm not buying yep. like, Oh, I already had eight cans of corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> so why did I buy two more? Totally. I mean, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the knowing 
what's there and where it is and how much of it you have. And it's also not having that sort of like what evil lurks behind that cabinet. <laughs> it's not the like, God, what is even in that drawer or what is even in that closet, which just seems like can, can seem so daunting. No, it you just feels... open, open the door and it's the upside down and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, I, it, it feels uh it feels great and you know and i'm also you know for better or for worse i live alone now so i don't have to negotiate with anybody for you know keeping or getting rid of or where this belongs or how this goes and and that's been that's been a real good part <laughs> of the process too is it's like it's just how i want it and it's all set up to suit me and and that feels really good too okay that sounds like a great like satisfying feeling that you you got it's a multi-year multi-stage process but uh i i think it sounds like uh you really got the best the most benefit out of doing it yeah i really i really did i and there's uh and i guess you know again another phase i don't know what we're up to four or five um (laughs) max uh came home one day over the summer and did what is probably going to be like the penultimate move out of his stuff from our house. I mean, he went through his room, which still looked like his room when, you know, and because he's living in an apartment now and really sort of did this process for himself in his room and just, you know, box stuff up, got rid of stuff, you know, took stuff down off the walls and, now, you know, my jo- his name is Max. My joke is it's been demaxed. I mean, it just <laughs> looks like like a very generic guest room now. It doesn't look like a teenage boy's room. And um and you know, he put stuff uh, you know, in the garage to save, but really, you know, I think having gone through that process with me several times and also not being like a per- kind of person who's super attached to things, um, he he did a really great job of it and Good. was able to yeah it was uh, I was really proud he you know I still had work to do in there and he left don't get me wrong but he really did a good job uh, going through stuff so when he is ready to you know have his own you know right now he's in college so it's not like his real home home yet but when he's ready to have that it'll be a pretty easy process for him to to take the stuff he needs and to have it all sorted and to, and to really know what he wants. That's really cool. Um, is there anything yeah. else uh, that you can think of uh, from the process that you went through that you would just want to share with people or anyone who's looking at kind of these stages in their life, um, having to do this type of cleaning? Um, you know, again, just that, you know, it seems so much more daunting than it is. And that once you start, it it really goes quickly and you really just sort of get a feel, or at least I did, for, for what to keep and what to um, to get rid of. And it feels so good on the other side. And that you also don't have to do it all at once. You know, you may think I've done it and then <laughs> there will be more, more stuff to do. But like starting with a medicine cabinet or a kitchen drawer or a coat closet is a really good way to 
to sort of start, you know, rather than starting with something super sentimental or with clothes, which seem really hard, you know, start with something more small, contained and manageable. And I wouldn't be surprised if you just sort of got the fever and really wanted to continue to, to organize and sort and um, go through what um, go through what you have and feel feel really lighter on the other side. And also think about, you know, my great grandparents, when they died, their house was just like oh, no. the stuff. And like, there were literally like piles of newspapers, but like, they would go through them and find like a check, like a dividend check from a stock. And it's like, so you couldn't just toss it out. You just had to go through everything. And my grandmother, who you wouldn't think her home was hoardy until you started opening drawers and things. <laughs> and in her basement, she had the this is just like emblematic. She had this bag of like church key can openers from when then there must have been a couple hundred in there oh, wow. from when my grandpa had a lick from when my grandfather owned a liquor store. They were like promotional ones from the liquor company. But he hadn't owned that store in 40 years, but she still had this like bag of promotional church key can openers. And I just thought, like, I don't want my son to have to go through this process. Like he will still have to get rid of stuff, but I don't want to burden him with that kind of a mess and that kind those kinds of decisions to make. So that was a good guiding principle too, is like, think about, you know, what you might have to do when people you care about pass on and you're responsible right. for those stuff and think about not wanting to do that <laughs> to the people that you love. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll leave you with my memories. <laughs> and not, exactly. you know, you, here's some money to go rent, <laughs> put in your own money to go rent a dumpster to get rid of my <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for sharing all of that. Um, oh, of course. It's fun. It's happy to do. And thank you for encouraging folks to get organized and, and clean. Yeah, I feel like it gets easier the more that you do it. Like, it doesn't seem as much of a chore if you find a way to kind of make it entertaining for yourself. Yeah. Well, you know putting on a podcast while you <laughs> scrub your, I hope, I hope I learned my lesson about my shower and I never let it get that way before, but you know, <laughs> put on a podcast for companionship, just devote the time uh, to do it. And, and it really, you'll, you won't regret it. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um, I'm doing my <laughs> oven today, which uh, I, I cleaned last January and then during the entire stay at home, that we're still in uh, I've just been using it and using it and not caring that it's splattered all over the place so once yeah. we get off this call I have to go and see what's underneath <laughs> we'll see <laughs> I'll probably be sharing that too. for the last year and for the next however many months we don't have the companies coming that usually <laughs> is what inspires us to clean oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're all like left to our own you know standards and and you know they can be pretty low when no one's coming over oh, so absolutely the company yeah. coming over my my husband um had this uh a couple of different board game uh board game saturdays and mm. um what's the other thing oh we, we played dungeons and dragons every other monday night when i wasn't in school and uh yeah. it, it was 
it kept me on this cycle of this guest, the front bathroom always has to be clean and super nice looking for the people that may come and I don't know if they'll use it, but just in case it doesn't look yeah. like a pigsty. Um, yeah. And that, that there were uh, certainly some uh, months where I would just walk in and be like, Oh, this is not, <laughs> this is not ready. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Totally, totally. No, I think a lot of folks are going to have to do a lot of cleaning that we've been avoiding over the mm-hmm. last few months. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> nice thing is, we'll once be... you put in those couple of minutes, you yep. know, it, it sounds like it's going to be terrible, but you put in those couple of minutes, and now that you've reset it to the way that it should be, if you just keep an eye on it, it yeah. it's not too bad to repeat yeah. again. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be so happy to have people over. We'll be happy to. Oh, yeah, I I can't wait. Me too. So that's it for today. I hope that this interview was helpful and insightful for you. I've had different types of major life cleanups, like moving long distances, like overseas and so forth, but nothing quite so heavy as this yet. Um, Also, since I didn't have any photos to share from Lara's cleanups, I posted pics from my last major move, um, which was actually just across town, but was one of the most fraught experiences I've ever had where my stuff was concerned. And uh, that's the event that really kickstarted my desire to manage my belongings better. Um, I'll be talking about that move and just in general, being a borderline hoarder in the next episode. That was a special request from a friend. Um, I'll also be bringing more guests on to talk about their cleaning challenges. So I hope that you will subscribe and come back to listen to more of the show. Again, if you take before and after photos or videos and would like to share them, please use the hashtag clean your own podcast challenge to share these on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on both platforms at Clean Your Room Podcast. I'm also on Twitter as Fruit Juice. That's F-R-O-O-T-J-O-O-S. We also have a Facebook page and Facebook group if you'd like to discuss, ask questions, or share your cleaning challenges. If you have a cleaning or organizing question you'd like me to answer on the air, or if you have ideas for topics you would like me to cover on the podcast, you can find the links to how to send an audio message and all of my social media on cleanyourroompodcast.com. You can also email in to info at cleanyourroompodcast.com. Again, you'll find this and all of the rest of the links that I've just mentioned at cleanyourroompodcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can rate or review the show, and you can make a monthly contribution through our anchor.fm page. Again, go to the website. It's a lot easier to find things through there than to have me reading you random links on the air. And you can even shop from our bookshop page. Bookshop.org supports independent bookstores across the country, like our friends The Brain Lair, Once Upon a Time Bookshop, um, The Rip Bodice, lots of other ones that I can think of. Um, Maybe I should make a list. Actually, you know what? They're just posted in the show notes for um, every episode. I seem to have a growing list of bookshops to support because uh, I used to be a bookseller. Again, this will figure in the next episode, so come back for that. Uh, I just also added a couple of Lara Star's books on there, so if you have a burning need for Star Wars cookie cutters, that's where you should go. Find us at bookshop.org slash, uh, I can't say this, 
Let me try that again. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash Clean Your Room Podcast. Or you can go to cleanyourroompodcast.com and find the links to everything on the side of the show notes. Clean Your Room Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Althea Allure. The original opening music is called Bubble Guts, also composed by me. I do everything here. The podcast logo was illustrated by Ashlyn Ansi, so that's one thing I didn't do. Ashlyn, she's amazing. She's an illustrator, animator, and author. You can find more about her artwork and writing at ashlyna.com. That's A-S-H-L-Y-N-A dot C-O-M. This episode was sponsored by and produced on Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening. This is Althea signing off and reminding you to clean your room.